You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. And now, a Racking Focus bonus feature, the two-minute review with Lisa and Stephanie. Today's episode, The Lion King. You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. And welcome back to uh, Racking Focus Podcast. We're now in our uh, third different, fourth different studio, wherever we may be. Uh, we don't have a studio, about... <laughs> really. It's, <laughs> it's something we need. <laughs> to talk about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and we're glad you could join us. Reminder, spoilers. We have spoilers all through this particular conversation we'll do our best not to blow anything super large i guess but we're still gonna spoil the whole film essentially so hang on uh, to your hats hold webs, on to your butts whatever you may be holding on to okay uh josiah what'd you think i i don't ask for much for a uh, superhero blockbuster um i need the the hero to win in the end and him defeat the villain um and it needs to all make sense and this was that. Uh, I, I actually, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't remember uh, Homecoming all that well, okay. so I don't. I feel, I feel like Homecoming felt a little bit too long for me. But this okay. this felt okay to me. I didn't have any trouble with pacing or anything like that. Uh, it was a fun blockbuster film that the family definitely should go see, and uh, it tied into the cinematic universe and like all of that. So I was I was very happy. With the film, what about you? Uh, before we do that, did we press record on the? Uh... Yeah, oh, yeah, that's recording. Okay, good. Yeah, we're okay. good. good. Yeah. <laughs> my, the my paranoia. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like this in the car too. You just, people don't see it as much. Uh, I, I actually loved it a lot. Yeah. Uh, far more than I thought I was going to. Maybe yeah. I, not that I had low expectations at all, but I had fewer expectations, and uh, I shed a tear three times. I think. Oh, really? During the film, yeah. Uh, Wait, what parts? Do you have to tell me? Because I didn't. I will, but let's talk a little bit about the movie, and then we'll we'll go to tear shedding. Um, Yeah, I I thought that the CGI was surprisingly strong throughout, and although there were places where we talked about that issue of weight in the end, Mm -hmm. where weight might have been a little funny, it's Spider Man, so that's part of what. Yeah. going on like we're violating those rules yeah um i thought the use of characters was wonderful and i just had a ball like i had whatever, it was fun. two hours of yeah uh, it was real, so fun uh real entertainment um yeah they kind of it felt like so spider-man's can easily be overdone 
it can easily go wrong. We've seen it go wrong. Uh, I don't think we have the ability to cut to Peter Parker walking down the street. Emo, emo Spider-Man walking right. down the street. But Emo Spider-Man, very wrong from uh, the third movie. Um, and then I did. I hated the Andrew Garfield remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, I love Tom Holland uh, as Spider-Man. And uh, this film felt like they did a good job mixing um, a superhero trying to find his identity and origin again in the midst of what they called the blip um, mixed with a teen drama, you know? Yeah, I think absolutely. It certainly was full of the tropes of the teen yeah. comedy, right? Yeah. Um, the, the almost sexuality, the, you know, the hunky right. guy, the, right. the, the goofy couple, whatever, each of those things with that central core far more innocent one of the things i think they did really well was let there be innocence between these two teenage characters yeah instead of trauma uh you know we had the stark trauma that was going to be present over Mm -hmm. the entire film and it didn't overwhelm it could have easily been too dark you know they could have it could have been depressing and all of that and it it wasn't um yeah i i did i loved there's something about um there's something about when MJ and Spider-Man finally connect that just makes you feel so good inside. Yep. You know, is that when you shed a tear? Did I you shed a, a tear, tear then during yeah. that. Um, the the there's a thing about people knowing their potential partner, and uh-huh. the Black Dahlia thing was like the perfect gift, which we needed to not and both potentially recognize. Like it doesn't hurt right. to not know what it is when he buys it, or to know what it is. It doesn't make any difference. It's right yeah. for her, and the brokenness is of all. That's what, what, that, what she said. The thing yeah. I want to keep, I like it being broken. Right, better being broken. I understand that. Like I like things broken. <laughs> I understand that idea completely. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, that was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, just I, I didn't know if they were gonna just tiptoe around at the entire movie, and she wasn't gonna actually find out. But I, I really liked that. Uh, that she found out and actually embraced him for it. And it was, I don't know. I just really, I really liked it. And I like the not traditional MJ. Yeah. You know, I like the, how, how Zendaya is playing MJ in this, in this film. Um, and all the, in the films that well, she's and been, MJ so. is certainly the stronger of the two major Spider-Man love interests, yeah. right? Like this is the person in the comics who Spider-Man marries. Like the, the yeah. real relationship This is the, This there. is like the central, it's this is the girl. It's a real person, right? Yeah. This is the real girl. It, um, yeah. Although, there was that tremendous Easter egg when Mysterio has her in the fantasy and drops her, which is what happens to Gwen Stacy in the yes, comics. Right, so, right. Like, what a great way to incorporate those two characters. Right. Uh, let's talk about that illusion okay. uh, for a minute because that was incredible. The entire, the, all the CG, the... I did not... There's a point in these superhero movies where I, I need to feel... How in the world is he going to get out of this situation? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I because if I can't think about the what they're going to do to win, then you've sucked me into the movie, and, right. I, and now I'm rooting for them, and I feel helpless as a bystander watching this superhero try and defeat the villain. Um, and I had no idea what he was going to do. To I did not know that they were at for a little bit. I didn't know they were using the drones. I didn't know what was happening. Um, so it was, yeah, it was just, I loved that scene. It reminded me of, um, 
it reminded me of the Force Awakens scene, the Star Wars Force Awakens, when Rey goes into this, she touches the lightsaber and she goes right. down into this weird vision. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just really liked it. I really liked that scene. I liked the CG behind it. It felt uh, way more... Like, Spider-Man looked way more fake in mm-hmm. those visuals there, and it might have just been the duplicate Spider-Mans that looked right. fake, but... Um, yeah, overall, like I thought that was so incredibly well done. I can't imagine the art direction behind that and trying to figure out what all of those um, little scenes within that overarching uh, illusion scene, how that, how, how did they create that? Like, yeah. it's incredible. So. And, and, and from a storytelling perspective, it it's a plant, right? Like mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like it's the thing and it certainly raises the stakes, yeah. but then it becomes crucial for that last sequence for us to not really know mm-hmm. where he is, yeah. what his situation is. Yeah. Um, and so we, we are in a position where we're not sure what the end result we know. Mm. And we're, you know, what, one of the things that's interesting about really well done suspense is we know we're in the act of suspense. We right. know something's going to change. And so, you know, we see action, we see action, and we're like, there's another, there's got to be another twist, there's got to be another twist here. Yeah. And in fact, there's a twist Twist. inside a twist inside a twist, including the post-credit scene, which gives us a twist even we didn't recognize in those final moments. Right. That's so well done. So, uh, yeah, I thought that the, the... Mysterio effect was really spectacular. Yeah, yeah, he really played into his name there, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a moment where I was very, very nervous because I didn't know if they were going to give me a Dark Knight Rises moment where the the hero doesn't actually defeat the villain. Um, No, it felt like that, right? Yeah, when, when Nick Fury shoots Mysterio, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. And then I figured that he was playing him again, but... um, Glad that that wasn't the case, that they didn't just leave it there. Because I wasn't sure how long this movie was going to go for. I, did, I had no idea. Um, and one of the difficulties, too, of the Spider-Man issue is that he is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And alone, right. he's not capable of the conflict no, he was in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're watching it with these elementals who are in the comics just like the lamest possible really? villains, yeah. um, you know, th- they are uh, present here in and spider-man shouldn't be able to defeat them no webs do nothing so there's against a thing that inside sort of thing. and, and yeah. they did that great sort of seeding of mm-hmm. mysterio is really the the bad guy and he's a human-sized bad guy completely human-sized bad guy right and as a result he and spider-man can go at it one-on-one mm-hmm. and we feel like it's a a legitimate it's battle. a fair fight it's right. a, yeah it's a fair fight and it's uh so going into the movie i knew that mysterio was going to be the the villain yeah. you know like I, he's a villain in the comics mm-hmm. correct right. so um i i knew that the twist was coming at some point that and i i had a feeling it was when he handed over edith right i was like he's there's gonna they're gonna pan back to him and he's gonna reveal um and i love the character switch that he pulled like jake gyllenhaal is so good he's such a good actor yeah um and uh, so i i really enjoyed him in the in the film but uh yeah like i knew going in they kind of hit this, it was, I don't know, it must have been like 40% of the way into the movie when he hands over the glasses, right? Um, because you have the elementals, that that whole plot, that arc finish. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I mean, anybody watching this movie has to be like, all right, something else is going gonna, is gonna to happen. If you didn't know that there was a twist coming, then you weren't watching the movie close enough. Right. Um, so I knew going in, Mysterio was the bad guy. I didn't know much about him. Uh but man, like he's he's super cool. 
he is super cool. I kind of wish that he, spoilers, lived in the end. I would like to see him come back in some other way. Right, and I think we need to. I mean, there's a chance. Yeah, I would. I would. You know, there was a lot of talk too about him getting a Disney Plus series. Really? Yeah. So, so that may have just been the scamophonic. Uh, system of get, making people believe he's a good guy, yeah. right? So you're just laying that out right, there. Right, right. So um, I, I can't imagine yeah. Joe and Hall would sign on for no <laughs> for a series, a series like that. No. All right. So I did write something down. You had to clarify this for me. Maybe, oh maybe you maybe you caught it. Maybe maybe I just missed something okay. overall. Um, two things. Um, he you're introduced to Quentin Beck, and he's saying there's a multiverse. Essentially, he's yeah. from a different Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, you know what? I just solved it in my head. It's okay. It's okay. I'll bring up the multiverse again in a second. Let me ask the second question. Um, you have to ask the first question. Ah, people, see, people are literally okay. sitting at home. Am I just trolling everybody right now? Okay, so I asked. I was going to ask the question of the multiverse. Yeah. He mentioned that he's from a different Earth. And we're from 616. Sure, yeah. I don't remember the numbers. Um, and Nick Fury's like, yeah. Uh, right. That's, that's, that's sure. like he totally bought it. Spider-Man is obviously like, that's insane. Like, so cool. Like, and he goes n- nerds out on him. And then we discover later on that I wrote, I literally wrote down, was Quentin Beck his real name? If so, how did Fury not catch that he used to work for Tony yeah. and was fired after actually creating BARF, the acronym for yeah. the binary, whatever, 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 the alternate uh, augmented reality feature. And then you find out in the post credit scene that it's the uh, it's not really... Nick Fury and uh, right, exactly. uh, Hill there, right? So that's, I answered my it's, own question there. Super duper spoilers. At this point, we've... Super duper. Yeah, look, if you're listening to this... going to be big... Sam, you got to put a, a big, big splashing there. something just before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, answered my own question Great. there. Great. What's your other question? Those were the... I, I had to question multiverse, question mark, and then the follow-up of, if this was actually him, how did they not... Yeah, catch that little detail, and, that and multiverse is still a possibility, sense. right? They're, they're yeah. going to play that down. There's still the possibility of that. You know, all of that. Uh, Andrew Garfield is going to be back, and they're going to do a movie with all of them. I think again was this another marketing scam at this point. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, that would be a great fundraising thing they could do for some organization that has them all appear in a tiny little film together. Yeah. Uh, so and we know the multiverse exists in the Sony world. So right. Uh, so we'll see if that finds its way yeah. over here. I'm glad Marvel. Sony has finally let uh, Disney and Marvel kind of pl- play, right. ha- hands-on play with, with Spider-Man again um, because it just kind of went downhill after Spider-Man yeah. 2. I don't know. So uh, yeah, uh, I would say that this is almost a perfect representation of a Spider-Man comic. Okay. To yeah. so much of this. I mean, first of all, there's the same. They've really learned how to do the splash page, how to make a splash page mm-hmm. in... Uh, the this on the screen, the battle with Mysterio and oh, the fire monster yeah. certainly is all splash page, splash page, beautiful stuff. Right. And but it also this had the flavor of a Spider-Man comic. And one of the things that those other films have struggled with is how to deal with the trauma of Uncle Ben's death. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And this one does it by making that the letters on the suitcase. So when he shuts his suitcase. It's Ben Parker. It's Ben E. Parker. Huh. And that, I didn't catch that, it's Uncle Ben's suitcase. Huh. So Uncle Ben's there and Stark does the fill-in. Right. Stark's the Uncle Ben for and all And we have purposes. all yeah, this yeah. support right. from Happy and from May that mm-hmm. gets him through it in a way that the comics can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't have a villain to hate. And so 
he's able to be in this really weak sort of wondrous position mm. the the moment so there were a couple as i say a couple moments that got me the moment with with mj at the end got me uh, the m- moment when uh he it, and this one is going to make me forget the third one when he's doing when he goes to the back of the plane and he starts to build the spider-man suit oh he yeah, is yeah just yeah, yeah. he's tony tony and yeah. he takes that hand yeah. and it's going to make me tear up again and he scoops his he hand around it and it's and yeah. it is just tony and you you it doesn't <laughs> well right and, and boy it fills me up and a it lot felt really so good. good because they started playing what no. he thought was led zeppelin actually acdc right. which is the first song you hear in the first movie that kicked off the entire series um i believe i believe that's the song right when he's tony's in the humvee and he's driving i, in, I think in the so. desert. We'll check if we're wrong we're wrong if we're right, we're right. yeah right yep so um yeah, loved loved that, and Happy's so just staring beautiful. at him. Yes, yeah. and it's Happy's sort of joy of this new best mm-hmm. friend, quote unquote, kind of thing that's able to happen, yeah, like yeah. reinvigorating right. that, and this absolutely this moment where Peter does the thing, the reason that he's been given the glasses, the reason yeah. that he's mm-hmm. the, potentially the new Iron Man is all because of that, yeah, not because of his heroics, but because of this other thing, this inventiveness, yeah. which is how he defeats Mysterio. It, my wife is whispering to me that it's ACDC. She's whispering. And that's what I said. I said okay, it was ACDC, great. correct? Yeah, back. that's the song that's in t- Iron Man. In the beginning, I started driving. This is there we go. There We've go. confirmed that. We hey, confirmed thank that. you. Thanks, Steph. We appreciate um, it. Yeah, so, so uh, Peter Parker falls into his destiny and, uh, and his responsibility. And I like that they, yes, like you said, Tony is Uncle Ben for the most part, right? He's the death that Peter's mourning. He couldn't save Tony in any way. He's mm-hmm. helpless to that fact. Um, and he's the death that makes Peter become the real hero. Yeah, right, right, right. right. It's in, and without saying, they, and they moved the line from the original, that famous line of with great power comes great responsibility to uh, what is the line? It's like to the next Tony Stark, I trust you or I believe right. in you or something, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, so for the, for the most part, same sort of thing. Same sort of gave him a, a last line to push him towards mm-hmm. his destiny there, um, and uh, yeah, Edith was cool, man. I I knew that I figured I saw those glasses. I was like, there's some kind of message. I wasn't sure if we were gonna see like a. Um, I was expecting to kind of see like a Tony Stark in his glasses right, talking exactly, to him yeah. sort of thing, um, and what Edith stands for was hilarious. Uh, what was it? Uh, I'm the hero. Even, even it. Oh. You can look it up. I'm gonna look it up. You say something. It. I'll tell Sam flash it under the bottom of the screen and defeat us. We're gonna find um, it. Yeah, I thought that the, the Tony transitions were great, and th- that also helps us buckle the uh, phase, phase one, two, and three sequence. Right? We get Tony it completes it. What is it? Even dead, I'm the hero. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah Hilarious. The perfect Tony Stark. Hilarious, point. yeah. But the, we get the f- perfect buckle from beginning to end, which mm-hmm. is great. And yeah. the, that's the other thing this film did really well that I think Marvel does really well is this idea of planting seeds yeah. early yep. and they pay off much later. And Kevin Feige has to be the masterwork of that, although right. I think he's surrounded himself by people now who are able to carry that and he's learned to let people do sequels. I think the screenwriters and the whoever is in the creative room there just knows all of these films so well that they're able to, to they're able to write a movie and say, Hey, can we add this little piece that we that we 
brought like they brought in these random side characters. This the scientist from Iron Man One. So good. Like I was like, there's no way that that's the actual guy. And then they flash back to it, and it actually is. Like so, they're pulling these little pieces, people you didn't think even mattered, um, into this film to be part of the the villains team, right? Um, and I was gonna say that's something that that's I think that's why these Spider-Man films have succeeded so well and why overall all of the Marvel films have succeeded so well, especially in phase two, phase three, and now going into phase four, is that there's an actual world that they've built that all reacts and breathes and moves together rather than the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man remakes that don't exist anywhere. They just kind of are there and you don't understand the world that's happening around them. They just kind of exist. Um, so these can all play off of each other. They can all play together. They can all move together. Some something that happens in this movie will cause a reaction in in another movie that we see down the line. I'm sure. So, so and part of that's probably because they're writing some of these while others are being shot. Yeah. So they are able to course correct in minor ways to say, yeah. "Oh, we're doing this thing right here. You should take that. You should work that here." Right. There's conversations have to be happening because again, Feige's at the top. Nothing's getting past him. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that. Um, t- tell me what you thought of the actual teen comedy of the youth story. Yeah, uh, you know, it, they they mixed the. It was just lighthearted, um, fun, man. Like it was just lighthearted. Um, you know, the I don't want to call Peter Parker nerdy because he is spider-man but he's also this nerdy science geek looking for love from the i don't even know if mj's popular in this movie or not she's not really yeah but uh but she's this quirky like someone who maybe feels a little bit out of his league in the just because he's so awkward right like he's so awkward around (laughs) like girls in this movie um and then his friend ned gets a girlfriend in the, within the first yeah, 10 minutes man they're hilarious um, the opening of this i loved i yeah. loved that high school i mean I worked, oh my right, goodness I that do, was right I up your alley news, wasn't it and i was like oh, oh <laughs> this is hilarious um and it was really it was great and a great way to introduce yeah a right. character we're gonna see right to give clear sort of defining characteristics to that person who we can then <laughs> see collapse did do, do does that resonate does all that stuff happen on set when you're doing school news in the morning? Like, do you see the boom dip into well, we, camera? Are you um, using lav mics? I certainly see using... the lavs fall off. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the boom the boom dipping in is one of those moments where there, I bet 50% of that theater didn't understand oh, no, no, that no. gag. No. But it was great. And the looking to the wrong camera, right, right. which they may have done one too many times, but yeah. that's the thing. It's multi-camera. You know, there's, <laughs> the tally light's not going. Like, we don't even use tally lights at school. It's just a right, kid raising her hand like it's a floor manager <laughs> doing the work. That was great. And the you know, you're watching this video that's sort of weird. It opens with this awkward video. Yeah. And that awkward yeah. video ends up being produced by some high school kid. And right. it's perfect. Like, just... Yeah. Really, really. It really perfect. felt like a high school kid made it, made all of that. It did feel yeah. like a they high might have had a high school kid just direct. The, Who knows? The, it, so good, but how, and, but how much fun to try and produce that yeah. process anyway? And there were constant. You know, when Peter says at one point, "Everywhere I go, I see his face." About Stark, there are con- we mm-hmm. see Stark throughout the whole film, yeah. over and over and over again in so many different ways, yeah. all around the world. And there's something about that that helps us be in mm-hmm. Peter's shoes. Mm-hmm. 
the movie isn't told. Like in real life, in, like right. you and I are seeing, like whether it's on the internet or phone or wherever, you know, on a bus that passes right. by our marketing endgame, right? Is that what you're saying? And I'm saying yeah. that in the movie itself, the movie itself. there's also a little um, tribute space set oh, up. Right, like right. There's, he's on the back of right. the elevators when, or escalators when they're yeah, going up. Yeah, right. There's the paint drawings in the school. Exactly. Yeah, he's like everywhere. all over the place. And so, and we're seeing that too. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't see it actively, but you see it in the back of your head. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's something about that too that I thought was really charming. This movie wasn't told from Peter Parker's perspective. Mm-hmm. But it certainly was in Peter Parker's world for ninety percent of the film. Like we yeah. were, we were with him. Um, I loved uh, Night Monkey. I think that that's Hilarious. so funny. It's such a yeah. great slam on yeah. the black suit, right? Uh, the black suit that is wildly inappropriate to him. Like this, you know, it was the whatever <laughs> it was, like the ski mask, ski mask. knitted ski mask yeah. top. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, you put Spider Man into a henchman's outfit. Right? Oh, and he's and he got to be sweating inside. There. Oh, like, yeah. Imagine how hot. Yeah, that yeah, itchy is and for, hot. Uh, yeah, just ridiculous. Fighting a lava monster, pretty much. In yeah, a, yeah. In a sweaty ski mask. Goodness. What else? Um, what else did you like? What else caught your ear or your eye or what did you? Something like? the Marvel movie's been doing really well across the board, but I thought did really well here was music that really echoed. And Michael Giacchino did the music for this. I mean, he's done music all over the place. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I know his brother, who's a filmmaker up in New York. Really? Uh, did some work with us when we were doing huh. Marks and Soho up there. He's a tremendous guy. Uh, I think he really has a sense of giving the appropriate emotional context mm-hmm. to it. So, you know, you if you've listened to his soundtrack work, he has a lot of... Uh, scope like yeah he really has the ability to go through a variety of different fields and in this movie i thought he did a really nice job of echoing the sort of big heroic hornness of the marvel universe for sure yeah. without making it that hero theme throughout there were big moments mm-hmm. but i didn't feel like we were watching the avengers and i thought it was really nice to yeah he dialed feel, it back a little yeah, yeah that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. sense of instead of just escalating and escalating one of the things that we talk about Marvel movies having a problem is that they get near the end, mm-hmm. the the villain becomes so big that the characters shrink down. Right. And here, that could have happened, right? We have these giant elemental creatures or we have this massive number of drones. Yeah. And there is that ridiculous sort of CGI through so many different images. Like, we have to really track through a lot of action. And the music supported never took away, never led us someplace it just I was underneath, and as a result, I don't remember it, but I'm aware of it. Oh, you that's yeah, and that's something that people have brought up on the internet of, uh, you know, doing these video essays on Marvel and filmmaking in general. They say like, well, uh, Marvel, what's with your music? Because I don't remember any of it. I, there's, it's just kind of there, and I think it's purposeful. They they don't want to distract you from the film with these, you know, um, fanfares and random themes that. That pop up. Although there are themes that play here and there throughout, uh, they more so just are there to aid the storytelling and the emotional aspect of the film for you to resonate with what's happening on screen. Um, so yeah, I, I I didn't pay attention to the music at all. This this is the type of movie where I get so sucked into just the action and the story and what's happening mm-hmm. in front of me that I completely forget to look at this movie from a filmmaking perspective because I'm just so drawn into the 
right. to and, the story. And to some great extent, it's because the filmmaking technique of this is Marvel superhero filmmaking technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, I mean, we can see those individual directors going a certain way, but right. this is certainly the comic book film yeah. as opposed to the yeah, outer did? space comic adventure or right. the, um, the, uh, uh, the buddy film or whichever of the different genres they're starting to try and grapple with. Right, right, right. This really is a comic book movie and a really important button on the end of phase three. Like, I just think it's critical that instead of ending yeah. with tragedy and the story of the big characters, we end with the story of the little characters and we end with love, right? A little kiss, a, an unrequited love that gets found for yeah. their life instead of, you know, Captain America not having that ever come to fruition. Um, I, yeah, I thought that um, Aunt May and Peter's relationship was spectacularly drawn. Mm -hmm. I thought the happy May stuff was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and I found myself laughing far more than I expected to. Yeah, me too. Which a great yeah. sign. Yeah. I can't... There was, a, there was a lot of humor in the film, and I can't remember... There was, It wasn't even, like, big humor. It was just, like, slight jokes that were kind of tossed out here and there that well, yeah. i think part of that's because they're character jokes you know mm -hmm. um mj has to be the one that thinks about using a medieval weapon to, yeah has to be the one that thinks about carrying a shield that that sequence again super spoilers for the end of this film that sequence in the tower of london yeah is almost a perfect sequence of throwback and character development right. and none of it feels cheap because these people actually have idols and the fact that none of those people in that sequence are superheroes is another thing this does really well which yeah. we don't often get to see in marvel films right the non-superhero people get to play the heroic role and yeah. hat does and he's just a guy like really in the end he's just a guy not the smartest guy on the planet no but a guy you just like because and he's been there since what, he came in Spider-Man 2, I think? Yeah, he's just been around. So, right? Yeah, he's just been around. So And he dropped off for a little bit. You didn't see him for a while. Came back for you know, the last couple of movies. So, um, yeah, and he hand me the spear. It's, it's a halberd. Oh, so you know, smart. like that's no one else is going to say that except for except for Ned, right, who's playing whatever battle destruction game uh, of the, the plane, right? Like it's, I don't know what the game the, is called. The but. sequence in the plane, yeah. the first airplane sequence was magnificent. And I have to say, having gone on a high school trip with <laughs> students, um, some of that experience was far closer. I mean, their group was really small, right? So yeah, you would have right. a bigger group. is far closer to what the experience is. I traveled to Germany with a pile of high school kids and my oldest daughter. And it was... That plane flight was just echoed the experience right. they had on the plane flight. <laughs> uh, so so good. Um, I want to talk about. Uh, oh, we were going to talk about um, phase four that they just announced. We yeah. got to give some ratings here. Yeah, sure. So let's do ratings real quick, and then we'll and then we can kind of go into some other stuff. And maybe sure. um, we talked about the end end credit scene. We did not talk about the middle the mid, mid credit scene. scene. So let's maybe talk so. about the mid credit scene, then do reviews. Okay, good. So um, again, huge spoilers. Huge spoilers. Uh, I had a feeling that at some point in this movie, his identity was going to be uh, revealed. So casual with the mask from the beginning. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He uh, the second he took off his mask with the uh, at the conference with Aunt May, and then he went into the back room and he just took his mask. I'm like, why are you taking? Your mask yeah, off. You're going, still in public. In and he's going up the steps and the yep. mask isn't on yet. Yeah. I really Ugh. thought we were going to do a pan and his mask was going to be off and the crowd yep. was going to be staring mm -hmm. at him. Um, and what a, what a tricky 
little villain Mysterio is to get the last laugh, mm-hmm. even in his death, right? To get that last, uh, uh, the last word. And we we have Peter now completely echoing Stark, right? Because Stark announces yes. at the end of the first film, yeah. and here at the end of this uh, phase, we get Peter's announcing who he is. Yeah, and then we get the J. Jonah Jameson. Oh man, reveal. I clapped. It was so. That was good. great. And the fact that he's not in a newspaper, but he's in some right. Wacky, he's a media. There was right. a moment when Peter, and it's it's funny. He's flying and he takes the sort of or swinging and he takes the photo of himself. And I'm like, uh, uh, he's uh-huh. just going to go land in the Daily Bugle. Right. Like that's what he's going to do. Yeah. And he didn't. Um, but yeah. again, that idea of seeding things in the head of an audience that knows the stories. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this thing is there. And then the payoff comes almost. Well, this is where it would be very satisfying for like a multiverse to happen because you have from the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, those same beats of J. Jonah Jameson's, you know, giving him hell. You have Spider-Man taking photos of himself and you have a swinging ride through New York with Spider-Man and MJ, right? right? Like all three of those things are at the end in this, this uh, mid credit scene. Um, I loved it. Loved it. So it was so good. And you know, it's funny. There's the the swinging sequence is adorable mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like the, they are an adorable couple, and it doesn't go the way, you know, Superman picking up Lois Close Lane and area. flying, and she right. suddenly is entranced. I mean, right. the horror of the whole experience. No, it seems terrifying. Yeah, and really I, I felt scared for her a little yeah. bit. You know, yeah. you're on the back of Spider Man swinging through New York. Um, yeah, really cute. Um, so and there's trouble ahead, right? And that, there's trouble that, ahead. That's right. a big setup for a third right. film. Right, that's a third film for sure. Uh, a setup for the path in between. He has to make some huge choices, and he's still a kid. Yeah, like, right. He's only sixteen. Yeah, I mean Holland's not going to be thirty in the next film, so no. we're going to have to deal with it in a real immediate way. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do, um, or if it'll play into whatever. If he's doing a team movie or whatever, if he's right. combining with another another uh, character or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, the other thing I want to say about yeah, the Spidey tingle, it. let's just do the, that. The, the Peter tingle? The Peter tingle. The Peter tingle. The, you know, spider sense. Um, it's so, uh, again, planting something. So it, it's not working, right? Yeah. Or is it working? And yeah, what yeah, does it yeah. mean? Right. And, and it, it, we have to not, we have to know in our heads, whether it's active or not, that that's not powerful enough or else no, none of the film makes sense. Mm-hmm. He should see through Mysterio from go yeah right yeah and he doesn't right um, he's clouded by he, what he what he wants to do rather than right who and he, he and he's be. clouded yeah. by grief whatever yeah, else everything there, yeah. right all that stuff that's doing it mm-hmm. and the you know so when he decides to use it, it it's not perfect and that lets us have risk and drama and i just mm-hmm. thought that was really a no it's really move. great yeah we you know it's funny you think about into the spider-verse and the spidey sense in that is so crucial to the forwarding of the plot. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect, right? Spidey yeah. sense in that is a perfect tool. And here it's certainly not. Right. And as a result, we get to... I mean, we see we see almost everything he has fail at some point in, right. in this. Right. He loses his web, web shooters. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, he can't do his... This Peter Tingle's not working. Yeah. Like well, it's, what uh, a, yeah. <laughs> a great line. <laughs> what a great, yeah. What a great way to rephrase Spidey Sense into Peter So uh, let's rate, because we're going to run out. Uh, yeah, let's rate real quick. Uh, what would you give this movie? And we probably have to break it down into whatever 
subcategories again. But what would you, how would you rate this film? So it's so funny. The longer we do this, the more this becomes difficult I to know, do, yeah. right? Um, as a superhero film, like as, a, as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is way up there for me. Mm-hmm. And I liked Homecoming a lot. Homecoming had so much heavy lifting to do. Yeah, it did. Yeah. With, you know, Michael Keaton having to sort of deal with both a transition into that universe by being the cleanup crew right. and that sense of villain for, for, for him and for this new P- Peter Parker to come along in what is a vastly different origin story right? Uh, because we're missing Ben and all that stuff. Right. And, and, um, and so uh, that movie had a lot of heavy lifting and gets a lot of props for that. I think this was far more fun. Than, than homecoming. Than homecoming. I agree. Yeah. And absolutely. as a, and so again, I think they found this link with comic book movies. So I'm going to give this like it's so so difficult because I'm trying to rate it. It almost would be easier to do a, a top five and see how far it goes into your top five of Marvel films. But this is like a seven or an eight for me mm-hmm. when it comes to a Marvel film. Yeah. And it's probably exactly the same as a film itself. As a teen comedy, it's fantastic. Yeah. But it's clouded by Spider Man. And as a, a comic book movie, the teen comedy makes it a little less of the action drama that it might be. Right, right. So I'm going to pull it down a little bit. But I, but that is not to say I don't recommend it completely. I don't oh, rec- yeah, yeah. I recommend it in a theater. Yeah. And I loved really every minute. I could not have been happier. I kept saying to myself, like, I'm going to go to Europe at the end of this week. What a great way for me to prep going to Europe. And ultimately, how happy I was to have seen it. Yeah. And that says almost more than a seven or eight review I would give it as a Spider Man. Right. Film. I would probably, oh, just overall, like on every level, I, I just feel good giving it an eight, like all around. Um, this, and I mean, there's, there's really not a whole lot wrong with the movie. I can't pick out a part that's like, duh, that's, that's a glaring mm-hmm. issue for me. Um, the whole thing felt real real good like i just lo- i really like the movie like i'm excited to watch it again when it comes out on yep on digital so um when i think there's going to be so i can't imagine the work people are doing on youtube right now oh to, for the easter these easter, the eggs easter eggs and all this stuff apart. Yeah. there's all these references i, I mean I, I put voltron out right because there's right a, there's a voltron gag in the middle yeah. of it like there's so many geekified references in here and but again they don't take away from the film right they're integrated in so but yeah yeah no i yeah i'd give it an eight all around good um even an eight and a half, I was feeling like that little extra half step of points for there. But so you've been it. paying attention to San Diego Comic Con and Phase Four, and you should. I have not. Okay, so yeah. So well, let's talk just briefly about that because it's where do we go from here? Is this an ending or is this a bridge? Uh, I'm I'm feeling like it's a bridge. Um, I don't know where to though, uh, other than what they've announced for Phase Four and uh, for. I think only one or two movies for Phase, phase five. 5. So here we go. For Phase 4, uh, they've officially announced Black Widow, finally. We right. know it's been shooting. They haven't confirmed, they haven't confirmed until that now. They have until the, now. Yeah, so now, so, legitimately, there is a Black Widow. Film. Yeah, so we have Black Widow, May 1st, 2020. Okay, okay. That's, that's in less than a that year. That is in less than a year. Less than a year. Uh, fall 2020, you have The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that's a TV series. That's that, a TV series it? on Disney+. Plus. right. Uh, you have Eternals, November right. 6, 2020. Which feels that like the like a... highest risk. See, I knew nothing about Eternals. Yeah, it nothing. feels super high risk. I just want you to know. Okay. I feel like it's the hardest weight they've lifted. Okay, so then you have February 12th, 2021, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Okay. How do you say it? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, the legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, great. 
Uh, yeah, so cool that, stuff. 2021. Uh, again, super heavy lifting for them right. to make people come out and watch it. But I'm assuming Asian superhero? Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Like mm-hmm. that is, that's really cool. Yeah, you you might want to go read up a little bit or go okay. grab a comic or two or yeah, whatever. Yeah, take a look at that. Yeah. Uh, and then we have spring 2021 WandaVision for Disney+. Plus. Right. Uh, then we get a second Doctor Strange movie. May 7th, 2021, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So that's where multiverse looks yeah. like it'll it'll really come into play. Uh, following that, in spring and summer of 2021 on Disney+, Plus, you'll get Loki series, and, which is probably going to be a good follow-up to the Doctor Strange yeah. multiverse. Mm-hmm. It's it, That feels like that's really going to bridge, right? Um, and then you have What If. Uh, talk to me about what if a little bit you so are, are familiar with that once you create a comic company that has a, a load of stories that mm-hmm. are at their base um, legend like they become uh-huh. almost a mythology you run into a problem right you you start to look at your characters and want to spotlight things or, or ask questions right. about your storylines you've locked yourself in and you know, we see DC do things like Flashpoint or whatever, or right. Crisis on Infinite Earths, where they sort of blow that wide open. And multiverse is certainly a thing that we've seen in the Marvel world. But what we see in What If is literally asking the question, what if a major component or minor component of a Marvel story was different? Mm-hmm. So what if, and this becomes multiverse, right? Gwen Stacy was bitten by the spider. Right. What if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? What if the right? Fantastic like, Four each had different powers? Okay. Had each other's powers. So you're getting a weird spin-off of that character in yeah, a different so, situation. So what if um, this is again a true story for Marvel and the weirdness of it? What if Captain America worked for Hydra? Right. Uh, right which right. caused you know a year's yeah. worth of pain and stress, and still people are angry about it. Huh. You know what if? Um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the like classic is you know what if someone else was hit by the gamma rays and became the Hulk right so so there's all of those stories and sometimes they're small sometimes they're little tiny things mm-hmm. like what if J Jonah Jameson was Spider Man right you know well you have un- you have change. infinite possibilities for this and this is this is going to be an animated TV series on Disney Plus that these actors you have you know Chris Hemsworth Tom Holland whatever these guys are going to come back and reprise the roles it sounds like so. Uh, that should that should be a fun series. It probably will be very kid friendly, too, which yeah. I imagine they're aiming for. And the other thing about it too, and I think this is important to note, is it's super high risk because each episode it's an anthology right. series, right? right? So each episode is literally living on the weight of the twist. Mm-hmm. So when like I I didn't subscribe to What If as a kid, okay? And right? yeah. I subscribed to the Avengers, like I bought, right? But What If I always bought by the title. Mm-hmm. So like I wasn't a big Doctor Strange fan. So if it was what if Doctor Strange uh, never got became the master of mystic arts, right. You're like, and it's I don't like care. This, I yeah. don't care, and especially because yeah. he's probably going to wander around doing surgery. I'm not <laughs> interested, you know. So like th- those things are are the yeah. What what I'm anxious to see is how risky they're able to get. It's the right. same thing. You know, think about Black Mirror. How how risky will Black Mirror go? Right. Will, what will they do the story about, and will it be capable of people engaging? And, and that's right. what I wonder about what if. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward so, to it, I think, just to see. Uh, and then to finish up, we have Fall 2021. You get a Hawkeye series on Disney+. And then to end Phase 4, you have Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yeah. Um, and I believe Taiko Waititi has signed Taika Waititi, on. yep. And uh, we saw um, Natalie Portman. Uh, Jane came on stage and was wielding uh, Thor's hammer. Was wow. wielding. Wow. 
Yeah. I don't know if she's worthy. I yeah. So we'll. No offense to her. There was some mutual dumping woman, that happened that was uh, said, and then the film. So where, where's it Guardians sounds like in there? It, so Guardians is not on that list. I believe okay. Guardians three is going to be Phase five, from oh, what I'm hearing. I can't imagine. Along with Blade, along with Blade, right, and Fantastic Four, right. That they announced, which worries the heck out of me. But yeah, Fantastic Four is the greatest failed comic book transition like, we've ever had. Like it just twice. never works. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off. That feels like so long, so long for Guardians. It's like 2022. It's just a really long time. Yeah, for that to to be. Waiting. I imagine that we're gonna get the Guardians in Love and Thunder. I would somewhere. imagine you'd see that. And so there. there's there. That's where and your gap is going to yeah, be. Yeah, that's your filled a as Guardians bit. of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. so we can get to whatever story was probably originally going to be told. Mm-hmm. I I've heard that. Um, there's some interesting characters appearing in Love and Thunder. Like I've heard some stuff about yeah. it. Taiko Atiti has already leaned into one of those. And um, Beta Ray Bill is the character's name. Who's okay. a comic book favorite of mine. Like a, cool. a persona of Thor that's this crazy sort cool. of half horsey <laughs> creature. Oh my. Who appears on the, you know, the tower. One of the faces is uh, Beta Ray Bill's. Okay. And it looks like Beta Ray Bill's going to be there. It looks like the uh, Adam Warlock's probably going to appear in Guardians, Guardians 3, 3. And that's why I say it feels a long way off to me. Right. Like that's a really strong and interesting character to bring into the story. Right. Yeah, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're going to do, or what their plan is, and they might not have mentioned everything, they might drop a surprise thing. Yeah. Like I I really wouldn't put put it past Disney and Marvel to just let's try and just drop a film with minimal marketing and see what happens. Um in the same I think we've talked about this too in the same way that Beyoncé will just randomly drop an album yeah. and it or Drake drops an album and it just goes crazy. So, and then if anybody's going to do it, Disney can pull that off and they can just drop something and tell you, hey, two weeks, right. there's a new Guardians in theaters and everyone will swarm to the theater one, to see it. One of my big concerns as you read that list is the number of those things that are Disney Plus yeah. pieces. Yeah. There really is a backbone of Disney Plus being built there mm-hmm. that feels both like an extension of Phase 3, which is fine, but also a uh, a real push to get you to buy that service. Yeah. It'll be, and it sounds like they're doing what I call like the HBO rotation, right? Where there is always, so Netflix doesn't succeed at this. We don't see, you, you don't have the next thing every time because mm-hmm. Netflix is so cares about binging their release and then there's going to be a gap, right? But here we, on HBO, we see that. You right. know, Game of Thrones ends. Westworld and starts. Westworld starts, or Big Little Lies, or Succession. Right. Right. Then Watchmen Westworld, comes out. And Watchmen's yep. next. And, you know, each one we see along the mm-hmm. way comes out just in time. Yeah, they're rotating their fan base to the next and series. And just driving yeah. it forward. And mm-hmm. it feels like that's what that's doing. Yeah, it's a smart way to do it. Series yeah. it is. My concern is how will this affect canon? How do they keep individual stories like this? How do you have Wanda Vision and Wanda and Vision separate from. Uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Like, how how does this how does this all work together? Yeah, and ultimately, how do you avoid what happened with Agents of Shield when there's a reflection, but the time uh-huh. sinks off, and right. there is this real distance that takes place? Yeah, I, I I have some concerns about that. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, what I hate the most is I'm 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 a, I'm overwhelmed with streaming services mm-hmm. and with streaming content, and almost every single one of those pieces is the ones I want to watch. I want to watch the. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah. piece, or Cap. If, if they make him just the Falcon and not let him wear the Cap suit, I'll be really frustrated. Uh, yeah. uh, I want WandaVision, if it's based on the comic story that's similar, I, I'm so excited about the opportunity yeah. for that. Uh, I would love to watch a Loki series. You know, those all of those things. A Hawkeye series for sure. I, so Disney pretty much has your subscription and their money right but, now. But, right? but, I, but I don't want to... 
I, I don't want to be that manipulated, but I uh-huh. feel like you feel manipulated by it. You're you're already in. I do. I feel like uh-huh. I feel because they have access to so much content. If it wasn't well, Marvel content, uh-huh. I'd have no interest at all. The Marvel well, content the, locks y- us in. Yeah, the Marvel content, they, there's always like a little piece that they have that's going to, they're, they're monopolizing a little bit, which is unfair. But um, for the non-Marvel fan, they have Star Wars. And then for the non-Star Wars fan, they have Marvel. And for the kids, they have, like if you have kids under the age of 15, it's, heck, if you, have, if you have kids at all, any, any age, 0 to 25, they're going to be interested in something on this platform. Yeah, so it's fascinating. Yeah, they really have a total dominance over the. Yeah, market. you know, and the other thing, and this is and they one, own Hulu. So if someone can write to us. We got to do the end of this. We got to mm-hmm. get out of here in like two minutes. But if someone will write to us, I, I just want to know why they credited uh, clearance to Star Wars at the end. There was some Star Wars item in the screen that I did uh, not far see from home. in Far From Home. At okay. the end of Far From Home, there is a. So you know, there's a credit clearance right. up, and there's a credit right. for a, pe- a thank you for an item huh. or the use of an item. And I just don't know what it is. And it's probably something simple and I'm probably going to feel I stupid. don't know what it was. I didn't see any but right Star Wars references. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. you know. So anyway, all right, let's uh, sign off. Let's get cool. out of here. Um, thanks, guys, for watching this episode of the Rack and Focus podcast. Uh, please, we'd love to communicate with you on social media. You can follow us. Uh, on Twitter at PodFocus and Instagram at RackingFocusPodcast. And you can email us where, John? You can email us at RackingFocusPod. At uh, gmail.com. At gmail.com. Right. Sorry, I didn't do the whole thing. Oh, all good. Um, and so please do that. And in addition, we want to make sure that you can leave a review for us or do leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts at the least. We're on a ton of other uh, podcasting platforms too. But even if you listen to us on another platform, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. We love the five-star reviews. It pushes people up. We're really getting a riff here. I feel like we're in the place we need to be having this conversation. And we'd like people to start listening really fully now so you can help make that happen by pushing us up on the list of reviews along the way. Awesome. Other than that, thank you guys again for watching, and we'll catch you guys next time on the Racking Focus podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.